0: I greet you all in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Are we blessed this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. And all the times. Hallelujah. There is power in the name of Jesus. Your Jesus is very low. There is power in the name of Jesus. salvation, in the name of Jesus. healing, in the name of Jesus. deliverance, in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. I greet you once again in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus, the name that is above all names. The Bible says that at the name, at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee in heaven, on earth and under the earth bows. And every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, As they have said, my name is Philippine. Uh, I'll be sharing the word of God with you this morning. It is an honor to be standing in front of you. Uh, I would like to appreciate the leadership for giving me this opportunity to speak the Word of God to you. Amen. Hallelujah. I forgot my glasses. I can't see you well. I don't know if it's a good thing or it's a bad thing, but yeah, hallelujah. All right, this morning I want us to talk under the topic, the shepherd and the sheep. When we read in John chapter 10 verse 14, the New Living Translation Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me. Hallelujah. There is a meme that um, I saw, and I have it on my phone. It says, after ignoring the Lord for many months, and then the day before the exam, one says, the Lord is my shepherd. And the Lord says, Nah. Like me, am I your shepherd? You know, so many times we love to say this verse, we declare this scripture that the Lord is my shepherd. But then, if we really have to ask, is he really our shepherd? Is he really our shepherd? And many times we like to talk about, you know, what the shepherd does. He leads me besides the still waters. He takes me to the green pastures. He leads me in the path of righteousness. And I feel like there is a point that we always, or most of the times, we miss. We tend to focus most on the shepherd. We forget about the sheep. It's all about the shepherd, right? We all want to have a good shepherd, you know, a shepherd who supplies for our needs. You know, the shepherd who gives us whatever we want, the shepherd who leads us. But what kind of sheep are we? And one can also ask, are we his sheep? Is he our shepherd? Hallelujah. Um, Let me tell you something about the sheep. Uh, One person said that the sheep are not very smart, or a sheep is not very smart in its nature. Um, It is inclined to lose its way. Just the same with us. You know, sometimes we may think we are smart, right? We... Have it figured all out. You know, we, we can do it, but in reality, we can't. We need a shepherd. They say uh, sheep are inclined to lose their way. They can be in a pasture with plenty of grass and water and wander aimlessly until they have nothing to eat or drink. We have got everything that the shepherd has given us. But, you know, we lose focus, and then the next thing, when we open our eyes, we are in a place that we don't even know, how did I get here? And it says that once lost, they cannot find their way back. The shepherd must go and find them. We remember the story of the sheep, that one sheep that was lost out of the hundred. You know, the shepherd had to leave the 99 and go find the one because he knew that if I don't find this one, it will never come back home. The same with us if We are lost. We think we'll find our way back home. We'll never find our way back home. Hallelujah. Um, It is important, you know, as the sheep, to know who the shepherd is or who is the shepherd and who is the sheep. Because sometimes we tend to confuse these roles. Uh, Yes, when it favors me, the Lord is my shepherd. But when I want it the other way, the Lord is my sheep. What, What do I mean? You know, when it favors us, we want to do what God wants. And then when things are the other way, we want to do what, what we want. And we expect God to agree to what we want. You know, it's like a child. I used to do it as a child. And I also see my, my, my daughter doing it. You want something. Say maybe there is candy. You want to go and ask for candy. What do they do? Or what, do, what did we do? You'll take the candy. Mama, can I please have sweets? I already have the sweet in my hands. Whether Mama says yes or no, you are going to have the sweet. When Mama says yes, okay, thank you. You run away, you already have the sweet. If Mama says no, okay, Mama, are you going to put back the sweet? No. It is the same with us. We want things that we want. And whether God approves or not, we are going to have it anyway. This is what I want and this is how I want to do it. Hallelujah. That's why I say that sometimes we act like God is our sheep and we are his shepherd. Hallelujah. I want to do things this way and God must approve. You know, wrong is wrong. Whether we can brush it, whether we can polish it, you know, I like to say that if, if you've cooked a cat, whether you put all those nice spices and you put the chicken spice, it will always be a cat. What am I saying? Sometimes we do the wrong things or we go and get the wrong things and we come back to God. God, can you please approve? Do you think God will approve? Is he going to approve because it's me, his child, who says, God, please approve. I know it's wrong, but approve. No. And that is what we do many times as children of God. We do things that are outside of the will of God and we expect God to approve. What is wrong will always be wrong. When God says, don't do this. Or when the Bible says, we must not steal. I go and steal. And then I want to bring it you know, before the Lord and you know, try to make it right so that God can accept it. Let us look at the story of uh, King Saul. The Bible says the um, prophet Samuel said to him, "When you go to kill the Amalekites, kill everything." Right? That was the command. But then, what did uh, Saul and his people do? They killed, and then they saw the fat cattle. They're like, "Who? This cattle will be good for the sacrifice." I don't know whether they, it was really they were really going to sacrifice or they were thinking of eating the fat cattle. Uh, but then, when the prophet Samuel came and said, did you do what the Lord commanded? What did he say? Yes, we did as the Lord commanded. And then he said, why do I hear the bleating of cows and sheep behind the mountain? He said, no, my men and I thought, no, let us reserve these ones so that we can go and sacrifice them unto the Lord. And then the, 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 the word of the Lord came to Samuel or to Saul through Samuel that God does not delight in sacrifices. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Hallelujah obedience is better than sacrifice you know we cannot rob god what word can i use we cannot confuse god we cannot deceive god thank you we cannot deceive god what god says is not right it will always not be right whether it is done by me or it is done by you and you think you're going to pray for it if it's not right it will never be right The Lord is our shepherd. I want somebody to say this. The Lord is my shepherd. And as you are saying that, ask you, am I his sheep? Is he really my shepherd? Do I understand who the shepherd is and who the sheep is? Hallelujah. When we read in Psalm 103, sorry, Psalm 100, verse 3, It says, acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. Acknowledge that we walk and we live under the authority of God. Acknowledge, people's church, that the Lord is the God of God. Of this church it is not about us it is about him it is not about what we want it is about what he wants but somebody can say if you say it's not about what i want what about my needs what about my feelings this god is a good shepherd the psalmist says he take me to green pastures but sometimes we have a problem you know where we have this thing the grass is always greener on the other side when God has taken us or he's taking us to the green pastures, we're like, uh-uh, this one is not green. It's not green enough. I see the better green out there. And then he says, he leaves me beside the still waters or the quiet waters. That's who God is. He takes care of us. He cares about us. And he's not a God who is there to burden us. He's a God who loves us. And whatever he tells us, it is for our own good. Let us acknowledge that the Lord is God. Let us acknowledge that God is the king of our lives. Let us acknowledge the sovereignty of God in our lives. And we say, God, your will be done in my life. Not as I will, but as you will. Not as I desire, but as you desire. You know, when Jesus was going to the cross, the Bible says as he was praying in Gethsemane and he was so heavily burdened, you know, with the thought of dying. Not not just dying, but the kind of death that he was going to die. And he understood, you know, the magnitude of sin that he had to carry for. us. the Bible says, he was so depressed that he said, God, let this cup pass by. But not as I will, but as you will. We say, God, let your will be done in our lives, not as we desire, but as you desire. The Bible says that we are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. You know, sometimes you confuse the shepherd because when the sheep say it's different kinds of sheep, to, belonging to different shepherds, they come together to eat, right? The shepherds are, are there. And the sheep will end up thinking, this is my shepherd when it's not. What I'm saying is, many times we gather here on Sunday to come and eat. We don't know if whatever that we're eating when we get home, does it come out? But because you are eating with fellow Christians, you end up thinking that the Lord is your shepherd. But after eating or after Sunday, you go your own way. You go and you do things your way. And you come and say, the Lord is my shepherd. And God says, am I your shepherd? I don't see you walking in my ways. I don't see you following me. Or I don't see you doing what I say you need to do. Have you given your life to Christ? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Because sometimes we become so comfortable with being called the sheep of God when in reality we are not. Hallelujah. Is the Lord your shepherd? Is the Lord our shepherd? You know, there's something that Jesus said that is very painful. When we read in Matthew chapter 7, I think the last few verses, verse 27, somewhere there. He said, some of them will come and say, Lord, Lord. Um, Or he said, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, to me will enter the kingdom of heaven. He said, on on that day, some will say, but God, we preached in your name. We casted out demons in your name. We did this and that in your name. And Jesus said, I do not know you. Do we belong to the flock of God? Or we are just moving along, but we are not of God. The Bible says that we have been given the Holy Spirit who is a seal or who is a mark that we are the children of God. Do we have the Spirit of God living in us? Hallelujah. Have we given our lives to Christ? Maybe let me ask this question. Have you given your life to Christ? You know you will be surprised, uh, Sisboos. <laughs> you know, when someone is doing something and they are reminded, but you can't do this, you're a child of God. They're like, ah, have I ever told you that I'm born again? It happens. People in the church, you'll be shocked. People, you know, people in leadership, you know, when yeah, the going gets tough. You're like, but you can't do this, you're a child over there. Like, Have you ever had me standing in front of the church and say, I'm born again? And it's true. We come here, we minister, we come here, we serve, we come here, we do things, and someone will say, But I've never said I'm born again. And it's true, did they ever tell you that they are born again? Have they ever declared their faith? Hallelujah. So I am asking this question. Are you born again? Have you received Christ as the, your Lord and Savior? Because many times, we are comfortable coming to church. We are called, you know, the people of people's church. <laughs> we are called, we call each other family. We are part of the, but are you, are you born again? Have you given your life to Christ? Do you submit under the authority of Christ? Hallelujah. Are we still together? In this relationship of the sheep and the shepherd, there has to be an understanding or there has to be this relationship that is seen in the sheep recognizing the shepherd's voice. When we read in John chapter 10, verse 3 to 5, in the New Living Translation, Jesus says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Now when you are the sheep of God, you have to recognize the voice of your shepherd. He says they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger because they don't know his voice. Do you know the voice of your shepherd? Do you know the voice of God as a child of God? Do you know the voice of God? Or anybody who speaks, you know, you accept or you listen. We have to be able to know the voice of God so that we can be able to tell the difference between the voice of God or our shepherd and the voice of the enemy. I've heard, um, I'm not sure if this thing is true, um, that there is this snake, the, sn- the snake of the mountain, or the mountain snake, yes. They say that this m- snake can be able to mimic different voices. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what I heard. <laughs> Maybe because where I grew up, I grew up next to a, a, a mountain, you know, yeah. And then they say sometimes when the shepherds are looking for the sheep or the goats, they will hear the bleating of a goat. But when they get there, it's not the goat, it's the, ma- it's the snake. What I'm saying is, the enemy, it's like the mountain snake. Anyway, he's a snake. Right? The enemy is able to mimic different voices. He can mimic the voice of God. But if you know the voice of God, you'll be able to tell that, uh-uh, this is not the voice of God. You know, when Isaac, when, when, when um, Jacob deceived Isaac, Jacob and his mother deceived Isaac, the Bible says, when now Jacob brought the food to Isaac, Isaac says, the body sound, feels like a sow. But the voice sounds that, sounds like that of Jacob. At that time, Isaac was blind, but he could tell, although he ended up being deceived. But something told him that, no man, this voice, this is not the voice of Esau. This is the voice of Jacob. Can we get to a point where we recognize the voice of the shepherd? There are s- the, uh, the Bible says that um, when, when the enemy comes, 2 Corinthians 11 verse 14, even Satan masquerades as the angel of light. He pretends to be the angel of light. Why does the enemy do that? Because he wants to confuse, he wants to deceive us. But now if you cannot be able to tell the difference between the voice of God and the voice of the enemy, you will obviously fall for the voice of the enemy. Hallelujah. Are we able to differentiate between the voice of the enemy and the voice of God? But someone will say, I've never heard God speak. I don't know if his voice is... What is that word? If it's oh, oh, it's like oh, oh yes. How will I know? How will I know? If you know the word of God, you will be able to know that this is not of God. You see, the problem is we don't study the word, we don't. That's why it's easy for us to be deceived. Somebody will just come and quote a scripture in the middle of a big chapter or a big verse and they convince you. Or some people will even come and quote scriptures that are not in the Bible. But then what do we do? We believe because we don't know the voice of God. Hallelujah. We don't study the word of God. How will we know the voice of God if we don't study? If we don't read the Bible... We need to recognize the shepherd's voice. The Bible says that there is a way that seems right, but its end leads to death. May we never find ourselves following voices that will lead us to condemnation. May we never find ourselves listening to, obeying things that are not of God while we think they are of God. Won't it be painful one day when you stand before God, you say, God, but I am yours. I was walking in your ways. God said no. And he, he shows you that actually what you thought was the truth, it is not the truth. The truth is in the word of God. And let me tell you something. The word of God can never change. It has been, it will be, and it will always be. That's why I said even if you can take a cat and you cook and you put all the different chicken spices the Mozambican paprika, you put all this and all that, those who know how to cook, you put all this, it will always be a cat. Even if you can present it as a chicken, the fact of the matter is, it's a cat. All right. There is a story of the old prophet and the young prophet. The young prophet, God gave him strict instructions. You see, God is not confused Uh uh-uh. He can't say, go there. And then while you are still going, say, "Uh uh-uh. Go there. As if, you know, when he was first giving you the instruction, he didn't know what he was talking about. Unless if he says, go there, when you reach this point, wait for my voice. I will tell you which way to take. Now the old, the young prophet, God said to him, go and deliver the message. He delivered the message. He said, don't go back the same way that you came. Don't even eat. And the old prophet comes and says, I am also a prophet of God. God spoke to me. He said, you must come into my house and eat. The young prophet, forgetting what God has said, went with him. Maybe he thought, ah, this one is, you know, he's an anointed man of God. You know, he has got, um, you know, he has walked with God. He's got experience with the Lord. He hears you know, directly, you know, from heaven. He went with him ate, and as he was eating, the very same prophet tells him, God says, because you disobeyed my word, you won't even reach home, you are going to be killed, you won't even be buried with your people. What I'm saying is, if what I'm preaching is not here, don't take it. You know, in the past few years, we have lost a lot of Christians because they listened to the men of God. And they did not listen to the word of God. The Bible says, uh, who are those people in the Bible when Paul was preaching? And then they said they went and checked the scriptures. The Berians. Can we be like the Berians? Can we be like the Berians? So that when the word of God is preached, you go and check, is this in line with the word of God? And we also have the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says "There's Holy Spirit, he will teach us. When we have the Holy Spirit in us, when somebody speaks, you know the Spirit of God will tell you, no, this is not of the Lord. Hallelujah. In this relationship, there has to be trust. The sheep have to trust the shepherd even in an unfamiliar territory. The shepherd is the one who directs the sheep. Not the sheep saying, there is a shortcut here, let's take this shortcut. The shepherd is the one who takes the sheep where he wants them to go. And sometimes when, when the shepherd is leading the sheep, the place that he's taking them is not a place that is comfortable. Sometimes the shepherd will lead the sheep, you know, into a place that is very hard. Not because he wants to punish the sheep. Not because he does not like the sheep. But because he's taking them to a better place. And the sheep have to trust the shepherd. Imagine if the shepherd he was busy um, shepherding the sheep. And the sheep decide, ah, ah, uh-uh, nagwa, I'm not going. And one decides to go its way. Isn't that what we do? We say, ah, uh-uh, God, there, I'm not going. Ah, uh-uh, ah, this one, no, sorry, I can't. Psalm 23, verse 2 says, He lets me rest in green meadows, He leads me beside peaceful streams. And verse 3 says, In the um, ESV, He restores my soul, He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Proverbs 16, verse 17, the New King James Version says, The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He who keeps his way preserves his soul. Psalm 23, verse 4 says, Even when I walk through the daggers Valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. When we are walking in an unfamiliar territory, the psalmist says, I will not be afraid because you are with me. As long as the shepherd is with us, we know that we are protected. Hallelujah. Um, when Jesus was talking there in, in, in Luke, um, John chapter 10, he says that when a good shepherd, when an animal comes, he fights the animal, he protects his sheep. But the hired hand, when the animal comes, he runs away to protect his own life. So what I'm saying is that we need to trust God even when we are going in difficult places of our lives. There is a song that says, Life is easy when you are up on the mountain. You've got peace of mind like you have never known. But then things change and you find yourself in the valley. Don't lose faith for you are never alone. And it continues to say that the God of the mountains... He's still God in the valley. The God of the good times, He's still God in the bad times. The God of the day, He's still God in the night. The God in plenty, He's still God in lack. God in sickness, He's still God in health. Hallelujah. Let us trust the Lord. When things go tough, when things go rough, let us not leave the shepherd and think, no, I can do things my way. He is still God and he will always remain God. There is a story that I love. I think I once spoke about it. That this young man, this boy actually, they were in a stadium watching a game and his father said to him, "Um, I'm coming back. No matter what happens, don't move. I will come back for you. And then, it so happened, some people came, I think they were terrorists and, you know, there was commotion in the stadium, fire, people running, some people died. The boy said, I'm sure people would have looked at him and say, what a stupid boy, what are you doing? Run, save your life. He said, my father said, I must sit here, I must wait for him, he will come for me. And guess what? The father came and the boy was safe. Imagine what would have happened to him if he had decided to run with the crowd. Probably he could have been killed, he could have been injured, or he could have been lost. But he trusted the word of his father. He said, Wait, I will be back. What do you do when God seems quiet? When it seems like there is no voice of the Lord. I am studying the word, nothing makes sense. My situation, you know, I'm crying, I'm praying. God is so quiet. You feel like the heavens are shut. It happens. I don't know to you. It happens to me. You feel like the heavens are shut. Some people will say, I feel like my prayers are hitting the ceiling and coming back. What do you do? What do you do when things don't work out the way you hoped they would? What do you do when you feel like you have been abandoned? Nothing is working out. You look at your neighbor, they are thriving. You look at that one, It seems like their prayers are being answered, but yours are not being answered. What do you do? I just want to encourage you that trust in the shepherd. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will not leave you to die in that state. Hallelujah. Let us trust the Lord. Let us trust in the Lord. The Bible says some trust in horses, others trust in their chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. In that turbulent situation, I want to encourage you, child of God, be still and know that He is God. Another thing that should happen in this relationship between the sheep and the shepherd is submission and obedience. The sheep has to submit to the authority or under the authority of the shepherd in order to follow the shepherd's direction. When we read in John chapter 10, verse 4, it says, After he has gathered his flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. He walks ahead of them, and they follow him. You know, this shepherd... It does not say, ah, test the waters, I am coming. You know, have we seen how the, but in the shepherds of the cow, I don't know if they are also called shepherds, those who look after the cow, they are also called shepherds. They are at the back. Go, I am coming. That's not what God does. He says, follow me. This place, yeah, this one, you can come. And then, when he feels good, no, this one is going to be dangerous for the ship, he says, No, let's go this way. But we have to submit under his authority and we have to obey his word. Obedience matters the most to God. I have already touched on this point obedience, obedience. God says, I do not delight in sacrifices. I do not delight in sacrifice. He's not saying I don't want sacrifices or don't bring sacrifices. He says, I do not delight in sacrifices, but I delight in obedience. Sometimes we want to sacrifice for God without obeying Him. Hallelujah. When we read, um, I think, in, yeah, it's in the Old Testament. I just forgot this book The Children of, um, of Aaron. The Bible says that they brought or they made an unfamiliar fire. And they thought, no, we are burning essence essence unto the Lord. But the kind of fire that they used was not pleasing unto God. And the Bible says that God killed them. Because that is not what God had commanded. He was not interested in the act. But he was interested in the obedience through the act. Hallelujah. Romans 2 verse 13. I'm going to rush. For merely listening to the law does not make us right with God. It is obeying the law that makes us right in his sight. Okay, maybe let me not explain a lot. We are running out of time. Romans 2 verse 23 to 24. You are so proud of knowing the law, but you dishonor God by breaking it. No wonder the scripture says the Gentiles blaspheme the name of God because of you. Mm. Some of us, if we were to ask our colleagues what kind of people we are, someone will even say, that one, if that one can go to heaven, I'm also going. (laughs) Imagine saying that about a child of God. Hmm? If that one can make it to heaven, ah, it means I'm also going to heaven. (laughs) One person once said, if you want to know what kind of a person or what kind of a Christian a person is, ask their family. Ask the husband. Ask the children. Ask the in-laws. I understand that sometimes people because of their own reasons can paint people bad. Né? But what I'm saying is the people that you live with are the ones who know you. I can be known or we, you can be seen as the powerful Men of God. You know, when you pray, you shake the place. Eh? You speak in tongues that you know, oh my goodness. But the people out there, they're like, oh, i not this one. I've heard this saying, where one, well, well, it's not one person. A lot of people will say, Christians are heartless more than the non more than the non-believers. Let us ask ourselves why. Can we go and we look at ourselves? How do we relate with others? Do we not cause the unbelievers to blaspheme the word of God because of the way we live? Someone will even say, I will take off my Christianity and you'll know me very well. All right, let me pass. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. They act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. I'm just going to stick on this part. Well, the other part says stay away from people like that. But I want to uh, focus on this. We act religious, but we reject the power that could make us godly. All right. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. The, the gospel is not a matter of talk but of demonstrating God's power. It is not only about saying I'm a child of God, but the power of God has to be demonstrated in us. People need to see that you are a child of God by the way you live, by the way you handle yourself. And it's not only about people, because sometimes we go out there, you know, we want to show people that we are children of God, but in our secret places, we are something else. I'm a Christian, but I don't pray. I'm a Christian, but I don't study the word of God. I say I'm a Christian, but I I don't know the voice of God. I I don't have a relationship with God, but people see me as a Christian. Romans 4, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's not all about eating and drinking. It's not only all about us coming together, but it is It is of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It is not all about dancing. It is not all about clapping hands. It's not all about praying and crying. Because some of us, after we have prayed and cried, the lives that we live are opposite of what we were doing. Hallelujah, as the worship team is coming to the the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. It should not only just be about talking, but there has to be action. There has to be the demonstration of the power of God in us. It doesn't help us to talk and say, I'm a child of God when we are not. It doesn't help us, you know, to, to just say, "Ah, God is my shepherd when the Lord is asking, no, nah. Me, your shepherd, now I don't know you. If now we are all to say, the Lord is my shepherd, will the Lord agree that he is your shepherd? Hallelujah. What kind of sheep are we? Are we of the Lord? Do we have the mark of God? Do we have the seal of the Holy Spirit? Or do we just belong just because you know we associate ourselves with the other sheep and now we think we are the sheep of that flock are we separable when god leads us do we listen to him or we want to do things our way or we say no this i can do this i cannot do this is hard this is easy god this i can do this i cannot am i separable When God looks at me, I'm talking to me, Philippine. Am I shepherdable? When God speaks, do I listen? Can we please stand up on our feet? I'm sorry if I'm preaching a hard message and I'm thinking to myself, Oh Lord, (laughs) this is hard, but are we teachable as a church, as children of God? When God teaches us, do we listen? Are we teachable? Are we correctable? Are we humble? Are we contrite? God wants a contrite heart. God wants a humble heart. A heart that says, Lord, I am sorry. I have sinned against you. I am sorry. I feel, you know, repentance, it's not just saying to God, sorry. Sorry. It is a change of heart. Because many times we go to God, God, I am sorry. And tomorrow we go and we do it again. Why? Because we don't have the desire to change. Let us have the heart that says, Lord, forgive me and teach me to do your way. Sometimes we do things and we say, ah, I'll go and repent. Don't we do that? Ah, do it, don't worry. (laughs) You will go and repent. Are we like that? Do we have a heart that, you know, when we have sinned against God, it brings pain in us and say, God, I'm sorry. I've done it again. Forgive me, Lord. I don't want to do it. Do we trust the Lord? Do we listen to the Lord? When God speaks to us, do we obey his voice or we've got selective obedience? I want us today, we go before the Lord you know yourself. I know myself, you know. As I'm talking, I'm like, "Lord, help me." What kind of a sheep are you? To you, is it all about God being a shepherd? Or it's also about you being a sheep, a good sheep, a sheep that is that listens to the voice of God, a sheep that knows and recognizes the voice of God. Is the Lord your shepherd? Are you his sheep? May God help us. May we go before the Lord in humility and say, God, help me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, teach me. Lord, correct me. Lord, direct me. Hallelujah.